0: So today we are continuing with our series, renewing our minds, learning to see what we cannot see. We've been looking at different biases that we have. And, and I wanna remind you, like I've been doing every week, a bias is not necessarily a bad thing. We hear the word bias and we think of it as a negative. But a bias is neutral, it's just a shortcut in our brain that helps us make decisions quicker, more efficiently, we use less energy, right? Which, which can be a good thing and can be a bad thing, uh, right? It can help us and it can hurt us, like, like a lot of things. So, uh, everyone's got their own kind of way that they make decisions and, and biases work into all of that. And, and we see some of that in this uh, text exchange that you're going to see on your screen. <laughs> and so, uh, this is someone texting their mom. They said, going to get a tattoo today, what should I get? And mom said, if you, don't, uh, if you don't have a need for one, don't get it. Tattoos are for something important. <laughs> So they they take this text, and this is what they get tattooed on their arm. If you don't have a need for it, don't get tattoos. or for something important, mom. <laughs> some people are just uh, some people are just more comfortable with things uh, than others. And so, for instance, uh, a couple of weeks ago, my niece. This is the sound that you just heard. My niece uh, decided she wanted to get her ears pierced. And her younger sister, who's like a year younger than her, decided she also wanted to get her ears pierced. And so mom said, okay, sure, why not? And so they went to the mall to get their ears pierced. And my brother made a video of this, uh, which is short and abrupt, but it really captures uh, how things went down. So take a look. Today I took my niece to the mall to get her ears pierced. She was so excited. (laughs) That's just... I just, she was wiggling and screaming and so unhappy and uncomfortable that they were only able to pierce one ear. And so she left the mall with one ear pierced and the next morning she wakes up and she says, mommy, I don't like this. Can you take this earring out? And so, right, the older, the older sister, like a year older, was totally comfortable doing this. The younger sister couldn't, right? This was too uncomfortable for her. And we all have these levels, different levels of comfort in our lives, not just when it comes to tattoos or piercings, but everything. And, and that's what's happening in our scripture lesson today. So uh, this comes from the Gospel of Matthew, that Jesus comes out walking on the water. And, and you've heard this story before, right? Every gospel, every gospel has a version of Jesus walking on water, but they all tell it a little differently. And in Matthew's Gospel, uh, Jesus is walking on water, and, and Peter starts walking on water, And what's interesting to me, it's always been interesting, is that Peter walks on water, but you never hear about any other disciple getting out of the boat to walk on the water. So what I want us to do today, because I know this is a familiar story that you've heard, I really want you to pay attention to why does Peter walk on water? Can, Can you pick that up? Why does he get out of the boat and walk on water? So we'll put the text up on the screen. This comes from Matthew chapter 14. Right then, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead to the other side of the lake while he dismissed the crowds. When he sent them away, he went up onto a mountain by himself to pray. Evening came and he was alone. Meanwhile, the boat, fighting a strong headwind, was being battered by the waves and was already far, far away from land. Very early in the morning, he came to his disciples, Jesus did, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him on, walking on the lake, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost! They were so frightened, they screamed. Just then, Jesus spoke to them, Be encouraged. It's me. Don't be afraid. Peter replied, Lord, if it's you, order me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. Then Peter got out of the boat and was walking on the water towards Jesus. But when Peter saw the strong wind, he became frightened. As he began to sink, he shouted, Lord, rescue me. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed his hand, saying, you man of weak faith, why did you begin to have doubts? When they got into the boat, the wind settled down. Then those in the boat worshiped Jesus and said, You must be God's son. May God add a blessing to the hearing, the reading, and the living out of this scripture. So did you notice why Peter got out of the boat? You know, for, for a long time, I always thought Jesus asked Peter to get out of the boat. But in this story, Jesus doesn't ask Peter. Peter gets out of the boat because he wants to get out of the boat. In fact, Peter says to Jesus, If it's really you command me to get out of the boat. Or if it's really you, make me do it. Almost like, um, almost like a little kid saying, Mommy, if you really love me, you'd let me have a cookie. Right? <laughs> this, is, this is the kind of feeling I get when I read that. If it's really you, let me walk on water, is what Peter says. Which is amazing uh, for a, a host of reasons, but one in particular because... The boat's comfortable compared to walking on water in a storm. And here's Peter saying, I'm, I'm willing to, to get out. Jesus doesn't say, get, I'm going to remove you from the comfort of the boat. Peter says, I want to do this. And Jesus says, okay, come on. Right? Jesus, is, Jesus is rooting for Peter saying, oh, yeah, okay. You want to try this? Yeah, let's do it. Right? You don't have to convince me. You don't have to beg me. Yeah, if you want to do it, okay, we can do that. So Peter is willing himself to step out of the boats and leave his comfort zone. That's what's so amazing because we all have a a comfort zone that we stay in, right? A comfort zone is really a thing, isn't it? You you know what I'm talking about? It's like you you go eat at the same restaurant all the time. You order the same food all the time. We hang out with the same people all the time. We go to the same places for vacation all the time, right? We, We have all these things that we do that keep us comfortable, And sometimes that's called routine. And routine is really helpful and really healthy and really important, but sometimes we call it routine when it's really just staying in our comfort zone. And there's a fine line between those two things, being comfortable and uh, being uncomfortable. We don't like to be uncomfortable for for many reasons, but really when it comes to being uncomfortable, uh, what, what we're struggling with is this comfort bias. That we prefer being comfortable. And every time we step out of an uncomfortable place, it's taxing and exhausting on us, specifically our emotions. So think of when uh, you were a little kid or if you you have kids, the first time you or they went for a sleepover. That was uncomfortable, right? (laughs) Uncomfortable as a parent, uncomfortable as a kid to be away from home for the first time. I worked at a camp for several years, and I can tell you, Kids struggled to be away from home for the first time. Some of them, it was their very first night, right? And some of them, it's the first time they were away for a week. And that's, that's tough on the parents. It's tough on the kids because it's uncomfortable. It's not normal, right? We're not used to it. And by the end of the week, they were comfortable. By the end of the week, they were having a blast. But you had to get through that. You had to take the first step outside of that comfort zone to really be able to feel it and experience it. And so this past week, I was reading a, an article, and they shared this image in it. They were talking about uh, our comfort zone and our uncomfortable zone. And in the center, they say, hey, our comfort zone is where we play it safe, we, we don't admit mistakes, we avoid challenges, we keep things simple, we're afraid of change, prefer things as they are, right? And our uncomfortable zone, where we step out of that is when we're challenged or trying new things or forced to learn or looking for opportunities or uh, exploring new ideas, we experience stress, right? We, we face uncertainty. These two things are, are always playing with each other, right? Comfort and uncomfortable. And so what I noticed as I thought about uh, moments where I've been uncomfortable, and and in that little circle of comfort zone, fear is a major driver. Fear is a a thing that keeps us playing it safe. Fear is a thing that says, no, we, we don't want to try something different, And fear in all kinds of ways, but specifically fear of failure. Fear of failure is a big driver for us here in the United States, in our country. Back in the 1970s, there were two psychologists that were studying classrooms. And and what they noticed is that uh, in Japan, the lowest achieving uh, fifth grade class was higher achieving than the highest achieving fifth grade class here in the US when it came to math. So the lowest achieving Japanese fifth grade class in math was higher achieving than the highest fifth grade class here in the US. And I said, why is that? What's going on here? So they spent a decade studying. And what they found, well, they they really came to understand it while they were watching a class. And they saw a Japanese student uh, up front at the whiteboard. And what he was trying to do is he was trying to draw uh, a 3D cube. And he tried to draw it, and he failed, and he tried to draw it, and he, he messed up here, and he tried to draw it, and the teacher's trying to help correct him and get him to understand. And you know how uncomfortable it is to get called up to the whiteboard to do something, anything, even to write your name? It's, it's uncomfortable to, to be asked a question and, and try to give the answer, let alone to, to not get it right the first time. So the psychologists are watching this, and they're just cringing, and this goes on for 45 minutes. The student's up there for 45 minutes trying to draw this 3D cube and get it right. And when he finished and when he got it right, the class just erupts in cheers and applause and, and congratulating him. And they went, wait, that's, that's not how it works. This, this kid was completely unfazed the whole time. H- had no problem being up there for 45 minutes constantly getting it wrong. That's not how it works in our classrooms. We're, we're driven by... Uh, fear of, of not succeeding, of getting it wrong, of making a mistake, of messing up. And they said, but what they understand in the Japanese classrooms is that this is all part of the learning process making a mistake, not getting it right, but trying again, getting correction. That the students don't fear that because they know this is how they learn and this is how they grow. And fear of failure is not a driver, fear of messing up. So teaching people not to fear messing up and making mistakes actually helps us move out of our comfort zones and try different things and try new things and experience life in a different way, which is what Jesus does with Peter, right? Peter does not succeed in walking on water. He sinks. He sinks. And when Jesus rescues him, he says, why did you have so little faith in yourself, right? It's not Jesus bashing Peter. You failed. It's Jesus saying, I really believe you can do this. Why don't you believe you can do it? It's Jesus building him up and encouraging him and inviting him to be a part of this. Which is, man, don't you want to follow somebody like that? Man, doesn't that inspire you to try again? Which is why Peter's always willing to continue doing things that that mess up where he messes up. He's always making mistakes. And yet he's always encouraged to continue because he's learning through those mistakes. And for all this constant uh, bombarding of like, hey, hey, take risks or hey, get out of your comfort zone, challenge yourself, you know, we, we hear this kind of conversation all the time. Right? These are the, the, the biggest motivational talks all the time, right? Get out of your comfort zone, try new things, uh, experience new stuff, right? And there's nothing wrong with that, that's great and that's important. But I also think, you know, there's a way you can push yourself too far. And this past year, in the midst of the pandemic, so many of us have experienced that. That, yeah, once things are uncomfortable, there is an extreme that can become dangerous. And we've seen that with mental health. We've seen that with physical health. We've seen that in all kinds of ways. And so I think this may even be a, a better graph, a better image of what we talk about when we talk about our comfort zone, that in the center, yeah, we have our comfort zone, but then we have a, like an optimal performance zone, right, an area where you step out and you can grow. And then we have a danger zone where we have pushed ourselves too far or allowed someone else to push us too far, and that becomes a problem, right? There's, there's nothing wrong with the comfort zone. Comfort zone is important, actually. Uh, that's where we are comfortable, and that's not bad. Remember when you were a little kid, and uh, you, you played tag, and you had a bass? Right? Bass is where you couldn't get tagged. You couldn't become it. It was your safe space. And so you'd run around, and you, you'd avoid getting tagged, and then you'd run back to base. And why did you do it? Because you wanted to be safe, and you wanted to be able to catch your breath and breathe again. And then when you were ready, you went off and you ran again. Base is our comfort zone. And if you never come back to base, you're eventually going to wear out and you're going to get tagged. And then you're going to be it. All right, so, so comfort zone's is fine. It's, it's, it's this balance for each of us and this wisdom of uh, what is pushing myself for growth and, and what is pushing myself too far into a, into a dangerous place. And that's what we've been navigating and struggling with over the past year. And we'll do, we do this even past this year. All throughout our lives, this is shifting and changing. And so we have to find that wisdom and that inner spirit, that inner guide to pay attention to that. A couple years ago, Danny and I were hiking uh, all across the state of Utah. There are five national parks there, and we decided we were going to go hike each of them in a week. And so we went, and what we learned pretty quickly was that we have a different uh, tolerance for risk. We, there are things I enjoy doing that Danny doesn't enjoy doing when we go hiking. And so uh, we had hiked some before, but we had never hiked trails like this. And so this was a whole new experience for both of us. And about halfway through the week, we ended up at this place uh, at Capitol Reef National Park. And the trail is called Sulphur Creek Trail. And I was really excited for this trail. It was kind of like a, a side trail. It wasn't one of our main things, but if we had time, we were going to do it, and we had time. And it was a, a hike up three waterfalls. And I was like, this is going to be awesome. So we hiked a, a mile or two in through the river. And we get to this waterfall. And I'm so excited. I'm like, this is awesome. But I also realized, yeah, it's pretty sketchy. It's, it's a little intimidating. Uh, and this is a picture of me making my way across. I just want you to see how, like, a little sketchy it is. When we first showed up, there was a, a couple in front of us, a husband and a wife. And the husband had already made it up to the top of the waterfall and the wife was making her way across and she was stuck and she was frozen, you know, just terrified. And the husband uh, was was trying to give her directions and trying to tell her what to do. And you could tell he was getting frustrated, probably just from fear himself. And honestly, I wasn't sure she was going to make it. I thought she was going to fall right off. And she made it across, thankfully. And the moment she put her foot down on solid ground where she felt comfortable, she just burst into tears. I mean, just sobbing uncontrollably to the point Danny and I felt like we needed to just back away. This, this was such an intimate moment and, and uh, I felt right there in that moment for me, gosh, I don't ever want to push Danny that hard to do anything like that, to make her experience a feeling like that. Right? My, my risk tolerance, my, my willingness to do stuff was higher than hers and I was ready to go, but she, she wasn't, right? She had already been pushing herself out of her comfort zone all week. And I could tell, even before we saw the couple and witnessed that experience, I could tell she wasn't really ready for this. She wasn't up for it. So I, I went ahead and climbed across and looked at the first waterfall. And then I came back and, and we hiked out, which had plenty of its own still, you know, outside of your comfort zone, running into a snake and trying to figure out how to, you know, there are there all kinds of things still throughout the week. And, but in the back of my mind, what I was thinking as I walked away was, you know, there are some really tough trails coming up at the end of the week. One that we both really wanted to do, which was called Devil's Garden, and it was at Arches National Park. And I knew this trail, this trail was a, a little over a seven-mile hike, and on it there are eight different arches that you got to see, but you only got to see them all if you did the whole hike. And the first mile and a half, everyone would do, It was, it was simple, it was all on the ground and you would see three of the arches, but the other five arches, you had to start hiking, hiking up. And so I wasn't sure uh, what Danny was, would be up for at that moment. And when we got to arches, we did that first mile-and-a-half hike, and we saw the first three arches, and then we saw that we had to hike up a fin. And a fin, this is a picture of, of what it was like. You hike up this slick rock, and most of the time while we were hiking there, there's big drop-offs on both sides. And so when I saw that, I said, well, you know, whatever you're comfortable doing, we're going to do. If you want to go, we'll go. If, if you don't, we won't, we'll, we'll just end the hike here and turn around. And I, I kind of looked around. And then when I turned, she was already halfway up the rock. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, she didn't even say anything. Okay, so I ran and I caught up to her. And she just did an awesome job hiking. And we were constantly doing, uh, I think we have another picture of what the fins look like when we get up there. These are the, the big drop-offs on the side. And so we're hiking this rock and she's doing amazing because she's already really, really uncomfortable. And we get to the spot where there's a big gap you have to step over, right? Just nothing underneath you. And there's drop-offs on both sides and she just freezes. And I said, well, do we need to turn around? She says, no, we're not gonna turn around. I I really wanna do this. I said, okay. And so we wait and there's people behind us so we let them go past us. And uh, she she. Just stuck there. And I said, well, how can I help her? So I step across the gap and, you know, I I reach my hand out and say, okay, I can help you step across. Um, But she was still frozen. And so I didn't know what to do next when all of a sudden this, this mother comes up from behind us and she steps across the gap and straddles it, right? One leg on each side with her back to this huge drop off, kind of blocking Danny's view of, of what is so scary. And she holds out her hand. She grabs her hand, and I grab her other hand. And we tell her not to look down, and then we, we count her down until she steps over the gap and gets to the other side. Right? And it was such a huge achievement in that moment, and uh, I made her take a picture. Not right away. We had to get away from the gap some, and this is her at the top, right? Just like, I did this thing that was so incredibly difficult. And uh, what was scary for me was that wasn't the most difficult part of the trail. <laughs> there were more difficult things to come and she was willing to do them right in that moment i said oh she she crossed over this threshold where all of a sudden she she's willing to keep going that's what i would tell you i would tell you oh danny did this thing that really terrified her and she she grew from it right she stepped out of her comfort zone into this uncomfortable place and grew from it what she would tell you is oh no i did the rest of the trail that was even worse because I refuse to go back and step over that gap again. <laughs> it was just too scary the first time. I'm not doing it again. So I'll take the harder way out. And that's what we did. And it was an awesome experience. And this is what we think of when we think about growing and stepping out of our comfort zone. We think of, right, we think of these scary things. Okay, you're scared of heights. Let's go, let's go uh, battle the heights. Right? Let's step over these big gaps. Let's, let's do all these things that we're afraid of so that maybe we won't be afraid of them and we can grow. And I think all that's true. And I also think um, maybe Danny wasn't the one who grew the most on that trip. Some of the hiking was challenging for me and and right out of my comfort zone. But what was really out of my comfort zone, what really challenged me, what really made me grow was to say, if Danny is uncomfortable doing this, even though I really want to do this, I'm not going to do it. We're going to stop in the middle of the hike and we're going to turn around and go back. Which was way out of my comfort zone. To over and over again to remind myself. And even there, standing at that gap to say, this is so amazing. I'm loving every moment of this and doing this with Danny. But for me, to, for me to say, we can turn around and go back. It's okay. And to really, honestly, truly be fine with that. Right? When I look back on that trip, I say, that was growth for me, to make it not about myself, but to put someone else's needs and their concerns above my own. To remember, this is, this is, we're at different places here. And sometimes stepping out of our comfort zone isn't doing the scary thing that's dangerous. It's doing the uncomfortable thing that you don't like because it's loving and supporting someone else. right? Sometimes the stepping out of our comfort zone is not being a workaholic anymore. Sometimes stepping out of our comfort zone is, is not being driven by anxiety and fear. Sometimes stepping out of our comfort zone, it's learning to have fun and, and just relaxing. Right, it's not always these incredibly difficult, scary things to, that is usually put across screens and and people talk about in books or on movies. It's, It's the stuff that makes us uncomfortable because it's not the thing we normally do. It's not the way we normally act out. It's not the way we normally live. And yet this is the way we're invited to be, to grow more uncomfortable with how we're living so that we can become more comfortable with how we're living specifically in how we want to be like Jesus, right? This is, this is the whole story of what Peter does when he walks on water. He says, I want to be like Jesus. This is why he wants to go out there. He doesn't want to walk on water to be cool. He wants to walk on water to be like Jesus because Jesus is walking on water. He says, That's why he says, hey, command me to come out there to you. Can you command me? I want, I want to be like you. Can't, are you. Are you willing for me to be like you? And Jesus says, yes, come out here. And so Peter walks on the water. And he doesn't succeed, right? He messes up, he makes a mistake because it takes time for us to learn this. It takes over and over and over again. And when I think, I think about my marriage with Danny, right? I'm seeing it takes time. It takes time for me, for things to become less about me and more about her. Right, it takes time. It's not perfect from the beginning. It takes growth and becoming uncomfortable so that you can expand your comfort zone. And this is what Peter does. This is why Peter is so inspiring to me is that he's always messing up and he's always growing from it. To the point, I don't know if you know the tradition of how Peter dies. But in in the church, the tradition of Peter is that uh, Nero, Emperor Nero is persecuting Christians. This is later on in like the the late 60s. And he's killing Christians and Peter, who is the leader of the church, is running away. He runs away because he doesn't want to die. And on his way out of town, he has a vision of Christ. And he sees him, and they pass each other walking by. And he says, where are you going? And Jesus says, I'm going to be crucified again. And this moment, again, Jesus doesn't force Peter to do anything. But Peter turns around. Why? Because he wants to be like Jesus. And he walks back. And they crucify him. And the tradition goes that he ends up being crucified upside down because he says, who am I to be crucified like my Lord? Peter wants to be like Jesus. And finally, he learned to be like Jesus. And I think more than anything else, this is this is our call to move outside of our comfort zone. Yes, all the trying new foods and going to new places and experiencing new things, all of that is is wonderful, all of that is a gift. But what it's all doing is it's all making us realize things are less about us, that we're just a part of the whole. And in the process, we become more like Jesus. We become more loving and more generous and more understanding and more kind and more willing to do things that once were so difficult, but now become so essential and important in our lives it's not about simply walking on water. It's about learning to be like Jesus. And so next time you come up to an opportunity to step out of your comfort zone, to do something you're maybe not comfortable doing, to, to be a part of something you're not sure you want to be a part, when, when you're called to speak up on something that you think this is not right, when, when you see something happening and you get involved, when you push the boundaries of what you've done before, right? remember, all of this is about being like Jesus. That there's many ways to walk on water. And however you are called to do it, however you feel that pull, Jesus is right there saying, you can do this and I'm here to support you and, and I'm rooting for you and I want you to be like me. And so may we learn to grow to be like Christ. I'm gonna invite you to take your hands and put them palms up in your lap and let's say a prayer together. God, we are so grateful for the ways you love us, so grateful for the ways you root for us, so grateful for the ways uh, you you care for us as we try to walk on water, as we try to to live in a way that we can become more like you. And so would you continue to open us up, continue to, to help us push ourselves uh, and take the right steps and uh, move outside of our comfort zone to expand it so that we can be more like you. We offer this prayer and the prayer of our hearts to you through Christ. Amen.